It's the WP Minute Plus, your home for long-form discussions around the WordPress ecosystem, deeper insights and conversations that you won't find on our short-form WordPress news podcast. We'd love your support. Head on over to the wpminute.com support to donate a $5 virtual coffee, join the membership for $79 a year, purchase a classified listing in our newsletter, or get a video review of your product. The wpminute.com support. Support independent WordPress media. The wpminute.com support. So the, just the overall situation here is Lifter LMS has two new partners, Jason and Kim Coleman from Stranger Studios, more popularly known for their product Paid Memberships Pro, which was one of the oldest, if not the oldest membership plugin in WordPress. And that they officially joined on January 1st. And my co-founder of Lifter, Thomas Levy, exited the business at the end of the year. So before that, there was a period of discussion and figuring things out that was in the works for about a quarter, I'd say. Did you present this idea to them for the details that you can share? Was this something that you were seeking? Like you wanted more partnership, maybe some more investment, maybe just partnering up and like, hey, how can we do this Word, WordPress thing bigger and better than the rest? Well, I'm always a, in my DNA is to be a partnership guy, a growth guy, a let's think about money in a creative way, but as a bootstrapper, I'm open to outside money. So I've always like explored options. And whenever I, I meet people, I always think about like, hey, I wonder what we could do together. So I'm always like that program is always running in the background. Becoming official business partners is is like the most serious form of partnership but I'm I'm just constantly thinking how can we add more and create more value together when I mm-hmm. meet people but yeah like so so the way it evolved is is Thomas and I came to agreement he he was ready to go explore new opportunities and me personally I'm a non-technical co-founder I have a lot I had a lot of options on figuring out exactly how I wanted to play the scenario but At the end of the day, I like having technical people who have skin in the game right there beside me. One of the great things about Paid Memberships Pro founders, Kim and Jason Coleman, is kind of like a two-for-one deal. So that's a a great thing. And and of course, through my investment in relationships and WordCamps and the the community of WordPress, if you will, I have a ton of great technical connections and connections and finance connections, even within and outside of WordPress. But at the end of the day, I, I, I kind of come to like, what's the magic wand scenario? Well, I like having technical partners. I like people that I, w- I want more than just money. I want people that know the industry and, and even better know our our specific niche within WordPress and software, which is membership and e-learning. So as we went through, as I viewed options and explored opportunities, they kind of emerged as like a great option. And, and first... I was kind of looking to them for advice. And the more we just discussed things, it just made sense. To, and they had some ideas too of, of being interested in doing something deeper together. So it just kind of evolved in that kind of way. Paid Memberships Pro, Lifter LMS, kind of the same thing, right? It's a tool that's going to allow people to gate, let's say, content. Seems like there could be crossover in either direction, right? From either brand. Like you could go the, the route of just 
I don't know, let's say having an add-on that really isn't a course management or curriculum, and you could like launch that to compete against PMP. PMP could probably do the same thing, create a course mechanism that like tracks progress and awards people and all this stuff. Talking loosely here, of course. But when you two got in, or the three of you got into the room to discuss this, how did you make a clear distinction between this is our, this is PMP customer set, this is Lifter customer set? Well, there's a lot of layers to that cake. And what I would say, (laughs) one layer of it is this is WordPress. So we're a community here and we're pretty collaborative and open, even somewhat. And I can't speak for everybody, but just in general, within this community, people cooperate. And even when there's some competition or overlapping features, at the end of the day, that was a concern or just something to look at because Lifter is primarily a learning management system and it does have its own membership features. Paid Memberships Pro is primarily a membership plugin, and they had recently, within the past year or two, launched a courses module add-on for their deal. But they also have an integration with Lifter, which they already had, and I think with with other e-learning tools. So kind of the nature of that WordPress ecosystem where we're all in the same sandbox, so who cares kind of thing, we're, we're kind of pushing this industry forward together. At the end of the day, it's... It's not necessarily up for us to decide which who gets which customer. The market, in a way, figures that out in itself. And just I've been in this industry within WordPress for ten years, and then out not including WordPress, just information products and online business for longer. What I've noticed in the kind of course creator, expert, entrepreneur, coach, information product niches, people get in their mind in the market the type of solution they want. And they start attaching themselves to certain words like I'm building a membership site or I'm creating an online course or I'm becoming a coach. Even though all these things are are vehicles and mechanisms for learning, which is what we built Lifter LMS around, at the end of the day, the market has, they've already selected in their mind what they need, right or wrong or indifferent. So... I kind of, so I've always called it like as a product guy, some people are like membership first thinkers. They're like, it's all about the membership. And then maybe they'll put courses in there. Maybe they won't. Other people are, it's all about the course or courses, or I'm going to build a course marketplace and course this and that. And maybe we want membership features, but the course is kind of like the primary. So when it comes to what the market wants, they're just going to choose and they're going to end up looking for a membership plugin or an LMS plugin. So in, a, in the LMS and the WordPress space, we've got about five or six main players, membership, it's about the same. So yeah, and, and at the end of the day, this is a investment from Paid Memberships Pro, and also they are taking an active role in the company, not just bringing money. So they're working inside the company while also still working Paid Memberships Pro, but it's not a merger. Like this is not, like our companies have not 100% like become one under one brand. So Mm -hmm. that's where we're at now is they've come in over into this sandbox and I'm super grateful for them to be there. So losing a a technical co-founder as he exits the company, will Paid Memberships Pro contribute development work or technical work or will they advise maybe somebody you bring on as your technical lead? Well, it's it's sort of all the above. And what I mean by that is Paid Memberships Pro, Jason and Kim particularly, are both incredible entrepreneurs in and of their own right. As of this recording here, 
according to the WordPress repository, I think Paid Memberships Pro has over 100,000 active installs. So that could be anywhere between 100 and 200,000 active sites, I believe, with the way that that thing works. So they really know what they're doing. And they actually started, I believe Paid Memberships Pro launched in 2012 or 10 or something like that. It It was a very long time ago, maybe even before that. So they're bringing business knowledge. Jason in particular is very much a a CEO at Paid Memberships Pro, but he's very capable of CTO roles, which is what he's doing right now at Lifter. We're also hiring a developer right now position. So if anybody out there listening is a developer, WordPress developer looking for work, reach out. Now's the time as we expand the engineering function. Kim is a great leader and entrepreneur herself. She also does a lot of front-end design. So we're, I'm basically leveraging and we're leveraging together the skills that they have while trying to uh, expand the engineering function, accelerate product roadmap, and also complete some of our own internal projects. Like we have a major web design that we've, we're implementing that we developed with Web Dev Studios and we need engineering and design muscle to help finish implementing that out. So... We're busy, but we've got the, the leadership in place on the kind of the CTO side, the engineering side. We've got more design strength, particularly with Kim. I always love this this framework I heard, probably I think from David Cancel, somebody you and I both know. I heard him say once on his podcast a long time ago, there's this thing of the hipster, the hacker, and the hustler, like this three-person combination that makes a great design or makes a great software company, right? At Lifter LMS, I kind of I'm kind of like the hustler kind of role. Oops, sorry about that. Engineering and Thomas filled that role, but the uh, the hipster, the design talent, has never been like our strength. We've always led with like business strategy, sales, marketing, engineering, features, functionality. Kim's bringing in some of that design leadership and stuff like that. So. As we grow, the roles may shift around. We, we may elevate people from within or, or bring in more people. But right now, that's that's kind of the mix of where we're at going forward. It sort of answers my next question, which when I look at WordPress product owners, business builders, I always look at you as one of the most well-read, competent, complete uh, builders. I mean, I guess short of the technical stuff, but that's yeah. kind of where I was going to go with this is I think you had the option to just to go get another developer and like slot them into the role of like building the product and you guiding them. I'm curious though, why did you feel like you needed to go and get just more industry knowledge? Like get that extra help from strange, like I know why, (laughs) but like why does Chris feel the need to do that? Because, and, and I'm saying that because I think there's a lot of people out there who, who would be afraid to do that. Like to go to somebody and be like, hey, look, I really need you to help me because this is not my strong suit. And I think you yeah. fill a great, a great hole for, for what the organization needs. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And thanks for what you're, say- you're saying. I'm, I am well-rounded, but I'm not a strong engineer. But all the other pieces, I'm, I have a baseline That's what chat GPT is for, Chris. You just go to <laughs> chat GPT. You say, write me a WordPress function to display seven courses. Enter. Yeah, for, I did try that actually. I mean, that was on the on the cornucopia of options, but I was yeah. it's not quite ready. It's not quite there yet. Um, Jason Coleman, Chat GPT. Oh, that's a tough decision. There's a there's a couple layers to that answer. One is I have a lot of experience leading in teams and being like on a management team. Even before my career in tech, like I was a 
manager in an organization in Alaska that I was in a three-person management team. I'm, I just kind of have a background there. I've also been solopreneur, entrepreneur guy myself too. So I know what that's like. And I know the limitations of that. Part of my well-roundedness, if you will, is I'm in my mid-40s. I've spent a lot of time studying leadership and management. And I know the, the benefits of having a functioning, solid, positive management team compared to trying to go it alone. That whole African proverb about if you want to go far, go together. I, I really believe in that. And I also consider myself a low ego person. I don't need to be seen as like the CEO at the top of the org that single-handedly like guides, steers the ship. Like I like, I like sharing responsibility and also sharing vision and collaborating, especially at a high level strategy level. We just make better stuff when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I think that it's, there's an opportunity for more WordPress product companies to do that kind of thing. Is there a formula one could follow? Like if somebody's listening to this now and they're going, yeah, I have a WordPress product that I, I think I could pair up with somebody else. Like, is there like a pitch deck that people should start with? How should they knock on the door to find the right fit? Or maybe just like talk to a few other businesses to, to see if there's a right fit. I'm sure there's that is the biggest challenge, but what did you find useful when you were kind of going around looking for this new opportunity? Well, I think we already planted the seed with it, which is if I was going to start a brand new product company, and first of all, I should say when I look at WordPress, I see nothing but opportunity. I see a lot of pr products that don't exist yet that could, like there's a lot of opportunity here. There's kind of this belief that it's all already been done and the first movers have already moved and all this stuff, but and, and in some niches they have, but there is more opportunity. But if I was, I'm so all in on online learning and membership sites and e-commerce and empowering entrepreneurs and education that my life mission and my, my corporate or business mission, like I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. So this is my niche. But if I was going to start fresh with a product, I would use that hipster hacker and hustler framework. So you get a business person combined with an engineer combined with a design person who can not just do like web design, but product design, user experience design, user interface design. And, and by business person, I mean somebody that can operate a company, run a company, do marketing, do sales and engineering, like not just figure out what to build, but also be a strategic architect and systems thinker and protect the business from a, a security and efficiency standpoint. Like that person combination is the dream team. And there are unicorns type people out there that can do all that stuff, but it's very rare. And maybe you got a couple of those, so, may, so maybe you can do it in a two-person team. So that's that's advice number one. If, if you're going to make the commitment to not go it alone, look at those three buckets is what you need to fill. And you can build team around that as you get bigger and stuff, but that's it. And the other piece is to really invest in the community and your own self-education. So, for example, I met you at a Drift conference. That's where we first met, met in person, I believe. Maybe not the first time, but I met you there. And that's a, that was like a conference about tech and leadership and marketing and stuff like that. So when you immerse yourself in the tech community, bigger than WordPress, I've gotten business coaching and, and software groups and stuff that have nothing to do with WordPress. But I also invest a lot in WordPress. I've been to WordPress conferences, sponsored WordCamps. Um, organized WordCamps, attended WordCamps, 
and I have a podcast that's eight years old. I like to say I started at the same time as Tim Ferriss. He's just better well-known than me. But I've been interviewing people in the WordPress community and beyond. So building your network is really important because when a situation comes like what I was in recently where, okay, I've been building all this network and relationships and adding value and all this stuff. It's time for me to ask for a little bit of help here. So Mm -hmm. I, I went out and made a list of like, people to talk to and stuff. And I talk to a ton of people for advice and looking for insights. And it's important to have your kind of informal board of advisors, both close and 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 kind of not necessarily super close to you, but that you check in with it when something really important happens. And through investing in those relationships and also checking your ego and thinking in terms of what's best for the product and the community and, and the vision, and perhaps leading through a team. That's how I, that's kind of the framework I use to optimize a situation. And also just, this comes from my background in like outdoor leadership and wilderness and stuff like that. When you go out into the unknown on a mountain or in another country and and you don't speak the language or whatever, you gotta be okay with being uncomfortable and going through a little bit of pain doing something you haven't done before because that fear of the unknown will hold people back from exploring opportunities that can really unlock if you push outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. It's interesting how like sales partnership and, you know, just it really, you just got to ask, <laughs> like yeah. you have to just get over that hump of you just simply have to ask. And uh, if you don't, then there's just, there's an overwhelm, overwhelming feeling of like, well, nobody wants to help me or like, oh, poor me. And then you kind of get down on yourself, but it's not the case. I mean, especially in the WordPress world, I don't know about in me exiting the podcast world or the audio world to a degree. Um, even that world was, was very helpful and very reservative to, to help and, and to guidance and to mentorship and stuff like that. And I think that's one of the things that is going to be so hard to take away from WordPress in general, right? This side of a bit of a side note, but like when you look at WordPress as an industry, as a piece of software, and I think sometimes community can get discounted from the outsiders because they don't realize how powerful it is. Like they connect for business, for help, for friendship. <laughs> All <laughs> like of it's it. so hard to compete against that, you know? A hundred percent. And I just want to add one of my business mentors, I did a couple of years of training with him. His name's Dan Martell. He's a software entrepreneur coach guy. He's got a new book out, by the way, called Buy Back Your Time. I highly recommend it. I remember Dan saying a long time ago, ask for advice, get an investor. And I I remember when he said that to me, I was like, (laughs) yeah, that won't work. Hey, that just happened to me. So like that's, but you know, that was, I I got that advice a a ways back and hey, you know what? That that mentor was right. (laughs) So invest Mm -hmm. in, I like to say, I heard this framework plus minus equal where you, you, there's people that are further along in the journey. Those are your mentors and coaches and things like that. There's your equals, like similar size company in the fray together. And then there's the minus, the people not as far that you mentor. So I've always invested at all three layers of relationships. I think that's also important to not just be an evergreen mentor or always just hanging out with your peers or always asking for help. But when you spread it full stack like that, it creates really that rich environment. This is why I come to you, Chris, because you always have the frameworks and the acronyms that match up to everything that I need. I just, like I'm doing the right things. I just need to think of it like you. How does your day-to-day change at all? Like what what does it look like for you now? I mean, I'm a systems guy. So like 
I have to do, get a lot done every week, every month, every quarter, every year. So like the machine that I've built over <laughs> a decade in, in being in business for myself continues to roll on. What I will say, like the one of the cool things about bringing in new leadership is you get fresh ideas and new systems. Like there's some stuff we're doing with product right now that I'm super excited about just learning from Jason and Kim and, and different ways to think about innovation and, and furthering a roadmap and and teaching product and engineering in a different way that I'm super excited about. So we've been investing more in product. A lot of people see me as like a sales and marketing guy, but actually what what, what the, the thing that I really love and enjoy and have been doing more of lately is product. Like mm. Lifter LMS, the, what you see today existed in my head in 2013 when we were planning it, right? It just, it takes a long time for it to roll out and flesh out and everything. So doing getting back into more product work and, and stuff like that is, is a lot of fun. But yeah. my day-to-day is, is really not that much different. Like the first version of Lifter LMS was built by a guy named Mark Nelson. When we were running an agency that we bootstrapped the product out of, and Mark worked for us and he built the prototype of Lifter LMS in 90 days. And we launched it to validate the product, sold 42 and the copies in the first week. And that was our kind of seed. So over time, you just, you build a business around that and just keep that snowball rolling. And most of the time it's moving forward. Sometimes it moves back. Every year, Lifter LMS has made more money than the year before, which I'm super proud, grateful, and humbled by. But, you know, we got to keep innovating. The market needs to change. WordPress is changing. We have more SaaS competitors. Um, so you kind of you got to keep going and and have fun along the way. That's why I'm still yeah. here. I, I love this stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. No. I I I have been watching you for years now, and I <laughs> you are the only one that I know that still has fun doing this. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people that have fun doing this. Let's. Just, I want to just talk about the the market in general. That for folks who are launching their own courses, becoming coaches, educators, and all this stuff. My gut tells me that 2023 we'll see sort of like that same resurgence for the WordPress freelancer boutique agency thing, just like maybe we saw in 2007, 2008, 2009-ish with the economy and people like looking for alternative sources of income. And at back then, WordPress was at a perfect storm too, where it was like economy issues and WordPress went from like being just okay to pretty good at that time too. I think that was like version 3.1 or something like that back then. And it was like, wow, like we can do a lot with this. It was like, ACF and custom post types, things really started to make sense from that perspective. That's a long way of getting to like, I think we're going to see a resurgence in WordPress these days from the services side. Your gut, was your gut tell you on people investing and creating courses and educational material and becoming coaches and stuff like that? Well, my gut tells me the same, but the data also does, which is, well, first of all, let me just back up and say online education or e-learning is not new. It's been around for a long time. When we have spikes from things like, oh, I can now do this with WordPress. Oh, global pandemic. Oh, inflation. People are trying to figure out different ways to make income. Like entrepreneurship itself is kind of like, like when I first started, it was, it seemed more like strange to have an online business. Now everybody has an online business and they're a coach this and a YouTube channel, all this stuff, influencer, this and that. So like the trend is like up and to the right. Yeah, I see nothing but <clears throat> continued growth and it changes, it evolves over time. Like I remember before I was a player in the space with software, 
I have a background in anthropology, so I'm used to like watching people and culture and watch it evolve. And I remember looking at the early days of internet marketing, like 2005 to 2008. And I saw these people like launching these courses and membership sites. And this is in WordPress. This is the early days of things like Wishlist Member. And, and I'm trying to remember the name of that theme, Optimize Press. Oh, yeah. And yep. uh, so this, this whole thing has been around a long time. But what, what happens is it changes. So, okay, now there's SaaS tools like or uh, hosted platforms like Udemy, which has its pros and cons. It's harder to get away with a $2,000 course. The market doesn't want a million bonuses that come with a course anymore because everybody has information overload now. People want more fidelity or or like support, not just content, which was the emergence of the coaching industry. Coaches try to figure out how to get the price down. So they figure out group coaching and so on. And then this whole social learning thing blends in Facebook groups, Buddy Press, Buddy Boss, Lifter LMS has something called social learning and this whole social thing. Now people are talking about cohort based courses and it goes on and on and on. Now there's a resurgence of the newsletter yeah. and people are like, okay, I'm an expert. I got to have the newsletter too, which some people right. said was dead. Yeah. So this market, it just continues to both yeah. recycle, grow, but pieces of it do die and fall off over time mm. too. Yeah. Here's something I've been thinking about, and you're the perfect person to to help me shape this thought process. So as that was, when as people know, as they once they hear this, I am on the job market, maybe on the job market, depending on when you listen to this, <laughs> yeah. looking for a, a new job. And Chris, and we talked about this at the top of this episode that if it weren't for me doing a WordPress podcast and continuously talking about WordPress to people for over a decade. It's also um, adding value. It's not just talking and meeting people. You've I was listening to you before I really got into the WordPress community. You added a ton of value to my life. Yeah. It's awesome <laughs> well, to be here that. on your show all, the, yeah. all these years later. Like it's, <laughs> you're just like a value generating machine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the power of media. Yeah. So, so the, the question is, and what I've been wrestling in my head is, let's say others, because I'm not the only one becoming a value generating machine is, how will companies industries, markets evolve as more people like me come into the workforce with a brand and with a side hustle that is both valuable to the company, potentially hiring them, but also sort of at odds. Like if you went into a company like, I don't know, whatever, 20 years ago, and you'd be like, yeah, I'm here for the full-time job. And like, do you do anything else? And you said, yeah, I got a part-time gig somewhere else. And they go, well, you got to get rid of that part-time gig. You can't have that. <laughs> like we can't have you here. Do you think things are going to change in the hiring process and the and how companies view individuals that have these side hustles that are educational courses, YouTube channels, small craft makers that sell things on Etsy, but they like are, will will these companies and brands allow us to own what we've built in a nice sharing way. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to frame it because I haven't really thought about it much yet, but I think that's where we're moving. There's a lot of content creators, a lot of educators who are going to go get full-time jobs that otherwise people might have said, "Nah, you can't have that job anymore. You got to get rid of it. Can't do it. We won't have that here." Will they open up to us? They will, and I'm going to go meta on you, but then I'm going to yeah. make give details of what I'm talking about. Over time, power transitions from decentralized to centralized and back it's like a it's like a curve right now we're in like a decentralization of power thing or that part of the cycle you see it in 
government, you see it in politics, you see it economics, the rise of the entrepreneur. There's all kinds of like global trends where you can see power decentralizing. Like even in the United States, there's a lot of talk about deglobalization that's happening. When I was a kid, it was all about globalization and the supply chain and getting use it, getting everything from the world and, and being a global economy. But anyways, I'll get off the abstract thing there and bring it home. Building a personal brand is like, in my opinion, if you're not doing it, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. And it doesn't mean you have to become like a cheesy influencer or anything like that. It's more about you are a product, whether you realize it or not. And the more we use our content creation machines, social media, our iPhones and YouTube and our fingers and maybe chat GPT is making us faster now. All this stuff. You're personal- you making yourself look like an astronaut slash like <laughs> King Arthur all at the same time. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it can be fun. But yeah, like I'm just thinking about examples in WordPress that that people listen to this podcast might know. Like I always admired, for example, Chris Lemma very much had his own personal brand, yet you saw him work at some big WordPress companies as an example. Even Matt Mullenweg, he has his own personal brand, like there's the Matt brand and then there's automatic and WordPress. He's kind of got three things going or whatever. And he's got, so there's that. So just because you have a strong personal brand, it doesn't mean that you're going to, you have less power in some ways. I think it makes you more desirable. So mm. if you have a strong personal brand, like when, when I saw you going to Castos, I was like, good for Castos. They get to leverage Matt's personal brand. Of course you add a lot of value to the company and the role that you do there, but you, you're known as like a, a podcaster and a media guy and a guy that helps other media guy people and you're passionate about it and the technology and everything. So it's a win-win situation. So it's really about growth mindset versus scarcity mindset. Mm. And there are going to be some companies where the legal department's going to be like, hey, there's a conflict of interest here. We need 100% of you and your focus. And yeah, but that when I talk about decentralization, the power right now, I think, is more on the side of the employee. Like the, yeah. the, they're the ones that say yes or no to the job. Even today, like in the world, in the more macro, there's talk about like quiet quitting and all that stuff. These are indicators of power in the hands of the people. So, right. But 100% build a personal brand and just be yourself. Like you don't have to like manufacture something that's different. You meet me on the street, I'm the same crazy guy look the same act the same i'm still i mess around with technology i love courses and entrepreneurship and all that stuff it's just be yourself and that's that's valuable to the world thanks for listening to the wp minute plus deeper insights and conversations from around the wordpress community if you're looking for our weekly newsletter and short form news podcast head over to the wpminute.com slash subscribe and if you want to support our efforts join our slack community for 79 dollars a year at the wpminute.com slash support.